powerful is the Cox Network. So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the People's Bishop and Pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 55498. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these. God said, there is a word for me today. Let's put up our confession of faith and let's say it together. I'm in my year of jubilee. I'm expecting celebration, emancipation, and restoration every day in Jesus' name. Amen. So God, we tell you that we are open and we are ready. Speak, Lord. Come on, I need you to tell them, say, speak, Lord. We need to hear from you today, God. June is our month to conquer many things. So I pray that whatever has been left unconquered as up to date, that before this month is over, don't let us leave this month not having conquered every curse, every curse conqueror and curse breaker. Lift your hands, open your mouth, and release a praise right there. Go. If you know you're the curse breaker, I said if you know you're the curse breaker, do it quickly. If you know you're the curse breaker, if you know you're the curse breaker, if you know you're the curse breaker, you're going to be the first in your bloodline. You're going to do what nobody else has done because you're the line crosser, the history maker, the boundary breaker. Fist bump somebody say, we are the curse breakers. I don't like the way they responded. Fist bump somebody else say, we are the curse breakers. And they should put a praise behind that when they say that. Oh, it's on you. God's got his money on you. God sacrificed it all believing that you gonna be the one lift your hand say he's got his money on me and I will not let him down I am the curse breaker come on let's go to work 915 so listen our series this month has been called conquering curses come on say I'm conquering curses Romans 8.37 says, in all these things we are what? More than conquerors through him that loved us. Which means in anything we face, we are more than conquerors. Which means not only did we beat it, but we lived to tell somebody else how to beat it. I'm so excited that your life hasn't just been about you. Your life has been about what you conquer. Now you can go teach and tell somebody else how to conquer. If you only knew half the stuff that the person sitting next to you or the person streaming with you had to conquer and have to go through, you'd be excited to be sitting 
standing next to them. You'll be excited to be streaming with them. Why? Because you're next to somebody that's anointed to conquer. I wish you'd elbow somebody and say, I'm anointed to conquer some stuff. I you don't know how they conquered depression and how they conquered sickness and how they conquered disease and how they conquered anxiety and how they conquered fear and how they conquered things that were supposed to conquer them. You don't know how they had to be ostracized and criticized and become the black sheep in their family. But that's because they were going to be the ones that would lead the other sheep. Every person that knows you're more than a conqueror, shout, I am more than a conqueror. And why are we more than conquerors? Because he loves us, which means it's his love that pushes us. It's his love that makes us get up. It's his love that makes us want to fight. If you're looking for motivation, watch me, you don't need to look any further than his love. What kind of God would die so that you can have life and life more abundantly? What kind of God would step out of eternity into time to put a body on, to have that body beaten and bruised beyond recognition as a man so that at that name, every knee should bow and tongue should confess so that at that name, you would be more than a conqueror and I don't care what you've done I don't care how far you've gone you need to hear me today God loves you and he loves you unconditionally he's not waiting on you to become something before he loves you he loved you just because and I don't know about you that excites me that he loves me just because which means he's not waiting on me to perform before he loves me he says I love you before you ever perform and what's going to give you the strength to perform is that I loved you lay your hands on yourself say he loves me he loves me so what this month I have been teaching you uh, that there are two types of curses that we must conquer. Number one, generated curses. Mark 7 and 13 says, making the word of God of no effect, which means the word works, but it won't work for you. Why? Through your tradition. What does tradition mean? Your word and your actions. So if you have the wrong words and the wrong actions, you will say it doesn't work. You will say faith doesn't work. You will say church doesn't work. You will say God doesn't work. But really, it was your words and your actions that were creating curses. Pay attention. And the Bible says many such things you do, which means there's a lot that's been handed down to you. There's a lot that has been put on you from generations that came from before you. Say many such things you do. Many. He says, many such things you have handed down. And so watch me. If your words can create curses, this means that your words can cancel curses. So, Father, every curse that we release with our words, we cancel it. Every empowerment to fail, we release with our words, we cancel it. Every person that said they were sick, we cancel that. Every person that said they were depressed, we cancel that. Every negative confession that we've spoken or come in agreement with, we use our words to cancel. Open up your mouth, say, cancel. But then there are generational curses. And generational curses are destructive patterns of behavior that are passed down and around. Which means there are certain things that were passed to you, just like these words and actions. See, there's ways we speak that were passed to us. There are ways that we act that were passed to us. Have you ever noticed that you can sometimes look at a family and you can see grandmother, mother, and daughter, and they all talk the same. They all act the same. You can see grandfather, uh, you can see father, and you can see son. And they all act the same. They all talk the same. They all move the same. Because there are certain things that are handed down. And you have to be careful that you don't say, that's just who I am. Because that's what was handed to you. But just because you handed it to me, just because you handed me your baggage, does not mean I have to accept your baggage. Just because you handed me a negative attitude doesn't mean I have to accept it. Just because you handed me always being sad all the time does not mean I have to accept it. Just because you handed me negative relationships does not mean I have to accept it. Just because you handed me diabetes does not mean... 
I got to accept it. Just because you handed it to me does not mean I have to accept it. And as some of y'all today, you're about to say, reverse that. Return that right back to Simda. Just because you handed it to me does not mean that I have to accept it. Elbow somebody close to you say, you don't have to accept everything. No, you're about to say, uh-uh, I, don't ref I, I refuse to take your mental issues. I refuse to take your baggage. I refuse to take your sicknesses. I refuse to take your trauma. I refuse to take your negative judgmental attitude. I refuse to take you being a hermit. I refuse to take you being a recluse. I, I refuse to take your drama. Somebody say, return the sender. These are destructive patterns of behavior that are passed down and around. They appear several places in the scripture, but made clear in Numbers 14, 18. It says, he will by no means clear the guilty visiting. The word visit means to pastor you. So a curse will show up to be your pastor. And what does a pastor do? It'll preach to you. It'll tell you, you should do this. Have you ever seen those things on TV where they had like an angel on one side and the devil on the other side? That's not really how that works. What it is, is it's God on one side, your curse on another side. That's why the Bible says, I set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, I need you to choose. See, the choice, watch me, is between what's been handed to you and what God is trying to hand to you. And for some of you, God says, if you'll give me your curse, I'm going to give you a blessing. If you'll give me the way your mama acted, I'll give you the way she was supposed to act. If you'll give me the way your daddy acted, I'll give you... It preaches to you. It will teach you. It will lead you. It will incorrectly correct you. A curse will tell you you're right when you're wrong and tell you you're wrong when you're right. A curse will try to direct you. There are certain times you feel like, why do I just keep making this same decision? Question, question, question. Is there anybody in the building or online where you've had some stupid things that you've done, some dumb things that you've done, and you said to yourself, why? Wave at me in this building. Wave at me online. Do the hand. Like, why am I doing this? I knew I shouldn't have sent that email, but I sent it. I knew I shouldn't have sent that text, but I sent it. I knew I shouldn't have made that call, but I made it. I knew I shouldn't have said that because once I said it, I couldn't take it back. Because your curse will try to direct you. It will oversee you. It will try to care for you, which means your curse will act like a comforter. Your curse will act like a comforter. So you can become very acquainted with the curse. You become very comfortable with the curse. In fact, when somebody calls it out, it can be offensive at first because this is what you know. When somebody calls it out, you can be like, who are you talking to? Why? Because this thing has been caring for you in your teens. It was what you ran to. It was what you ran to in your 20s. It was what you ran to when your daddy gave up on you. It's what you ran to when that person walked out on you. It's what you ran to when you lost your job. It's what you ran to when you lost your car, lost your house. But from this day forward, you're not running to your curse. You're about to run to your God. I Every curse breaker, open up your mouth and say, God, I'm running back to you. I a curse will try to deposit into you, which means it will fill you with things. And once, watch me, once it has filled you with so many things, it can become difficult for you to receive anything new. This is why you get the spirit of a settler. What does this mean? Where you just settle for life and you just, well, I'm good and I'm settling. Look at me. If you still have a pulse, that means God still has a plan, which means there's more for you to do. You're not done yet. Uh -uh, I need you to hear me. Your greatest days are not behind you. They're ahead of you. In fact, I need some of you all to hear me because some of you are like, child, I just want to rest. I just want to relax. Listen to me. If you still have a pulse, God still has a plan. And not only are you not done, but I heard the Lord say your ladder is going to be greater. Ooh, 
Your 40s are going to be better than your 30s. Your 50s are going to be better than your 40s. Your 60s are going to be better than your 50s. Your 70s are going to be better than your 60s. Your 80s are going to be better than your 70s. Your 90s are going to be better than your 80s. And I think I got some centurions, some people that say, God, I want to get over 100. Open up your mouth and say, my ladder will be greater. It says that he visits, which means a visitor shows up, and, and if you're not careful, you'll let the visitor move in. There are certain things that showed up. All of a sudden, one day, you started wanting alcohol, and you never wanted it before. It showed up, and if nobody taught you how to answer the door, you won't know what to do. No judgment, just follow the principle. All of a sudden, you'll start being attracted to a certain type of scallywag. A certain type of man, a certain type of woman, all of a sudden you'll find yourself drawn to what you know isn't good for you. And you're trying to figure out why am I drawn to mess? Why am I drawn to this? It's because the curse showed up to visit. And I need y'all to let some of you, watch me, you need to tell your curse you can't come in my house. You showed up as a visitor, but no visitors are allowed today. We're still following coronavirus pandemic protocols. No visitors allowed. Would you look at somebody close to you and say, no visitors allowed. No visitors allowed. Yeah, uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. Trust me. How far does it go? The Bible says it goes to the third and to the fourth generation, which means you are dealing with three to four generations of things that have been handed down. So watch me. It started, it started just this. I put that on, okay? But then, after that, now they added something. Then, well, after that, oh God. Now, the heaviest piece, because this has been building up for years. And you're going to be the first generation that in the spirit, you don't look like this. You're going to be the first one that says, I'm dropping that. I'm dropping that. And even though it's not that big, I don't want it because it's not God. I'm dropping. I'm dropping that too. Come on, look at somebody say, drop the baggage, drop the baggage, drop the baggage. Leave it right there. It goes to the third and to the fourth generation. So pay attention. This message is called Puppet Master. Because if you choose to hold on to this baggage and not drop this baggage, you are nothing more than a puppet. This is why this message is so important. Because some of you are like, it ain't that bad. I just get a negative attitude. It ain't that bad, you know. And watch me, and God says, but why would you want to live with, from the least when he's a God that says, I want you to do the most? He's in Ephesians 3.20, God. I'll do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think. And for some of y'all, we're about to cut the cords that's been attached to you today. Look at your neighbor and say, some, cuts, some cords are about to be cut today. Matter of fact, I need some scissors because I need to prophesy with some scissors. Say, open your mouth, say it, say some cords are about to be cut today. So, so why is this message called puppet master? Because a puppet master is a person who entertains with or operates puppets. Pay attention. For some of you, you've been entertainment to the devil. He'll set something off and then watch you act a fool. He'll set something off and then watch you act crazy. He'll set something off and then watch you do things that, God, that watch me, you're like, God, why is this happening? It's because he's, you're entertaining him. But I put him up on the stage for me, please. Uh, he'll say, watch me, I'll set you off and then you look like an entertainer. You look like entertainment. But look at somebody next to you and say, that's the last day. Say, today is the last day. Some of you have been entertainment to your family. They push your buttons and then watch you. 
You've been entertainment to your ex. They do certain things, and now they watch you act like a puppet on social media. Watch me. It's a puppeteer. What is a puppet master? It's a person. Listen, listen, Linda. Listen, Linda. It's a person who controls other people and or events. Listen to me carefully. And that's how curses work. Say, how do they work, Bishop? Unseen hands are controlling what is seen. All of us grew up more than likely looking at Sesame Street. Who, who, who looked at Sesame Street, okay? All right. Anybody look at Sesame Street? Or, or okay, I, I got you. This is Denver. Lamb's Chops Play Along. Well, it's lamb chops, play along, where kids come to play along, and fun things is all we'll ever do. Well, it's lamb chops, play along, where kids come to play along, and fun things is all we'll ever do. Well, it's lamb chops, lamb chops, lamb chops, lamb chops. All right, ready? All right, so here we go, here we go, here we go. <laughs> Unseen hands. This whole time, you thought Bert, Ernie, all the rest of them, Cookie Monster, the dude in the trash, what's his name? Oscar the Grouch. This whole time, you thought that was them until you got mature enough to recognize this ain't them. There's something behind them. There's something unseen that's controlling what is seen. What if I told you who you thought you are ain't you? There's something that's been an unseen hand behind you that's been moving you this way, moving you that way, got you up emotionally, got you down emotionally, got you feeling like a failure when you're really a winner, got you feeling like a loser when you're really succeeding. What if there was something you can't see that's controlling what you can see? Say, this is how curses work. Talk to me like an army. Say, this is how curses work. Barely visible strings that are attached to you are controlling what you do. So something was set into motion four generations ago, and now it's just playing you. Something was set into motion. You wonder why you can't be consistent enough, and your daddy wasn't. You wonder why you give up anytime something requires more of you than you want, because your mama did. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. You, you, you wonder why you always forfeit when you get right to the edge of a breakthrough. Well, watch me. And here's the deal. You could have had an amazing upbringing, but that doesn't mean something wasn't handed to you that doesn't belong to you. It doesn't mean there wasn't something that was handed to you that's trying to steal, kill, and destroy from you. But when you were born, the enemy got it all wrong. Because when you were born, the curse breaker was born. The line crosser was born. The history maker was born. The curse conqueror was born. Which means I see you working, but I'm about to reverse it. You were conquering me, but I'm about to reverse that thing and conquer. You ready? So Wednesday, I asked you this question. What's been after you? What's been successful in defeating prior generations that expects to be successful against you? What got those that came before you? Somebody may say, Bishop, I'm adopted, so I don't know. I don't know what's after me. Pay attention. It's passed down and around, which means whatever environment shaped you, that environment, watch me, consequently introduce some things that don't belong to you. It introduced the way you handle anger. Some of you, the reason you, you, hang on, you handle anger the same way you said you never handle it. You said you never wanted to be like so-and-so, and the truth be told, you are so much more like them than you wish you were. This is why for some of you, you clash with them when you get around them because y'all the same person. 
they handed you their baggage and now both of y'all walk in the room with each other's baggage together. Ooh, but I'm so glad your neighbor, I'm so glad YouTube, I'm so glad Facebook is full of a bunch of people that say, you may have been successful at prior generations, but I'm putting my foot down and saying that enough is enough. Every curse breaker, lift your hands, worship God for five seconds right there. Five. Come on, stir it up in the spirit. Four. Stir it up in the spirit. Three. Start up in the spirit too. Come on, say, I will not be mastered by no puppet master. Question, what is persisted in pursuit of preventing you from prevailing? What has persisted, pay attention to the wording, in pursuit of preventing you from prevailing? See, a curse isn't a one-time thing. A curse is a recurring thing. Which means what keeps showing back up with a different body but same spirit? I don't like your silence. What keeps showing back up? It's a different year, but it's the same situation. It's a different year. It's the same scenario. Watch me. When you're a puppet master, when you're being mastered by a puppet, literally all of your moves are spoken for. Watch me. So you say, this is the way I got to walk. But that's not even you that's controlling that. This is just the way, this is just the way I gotta, this way I gotta live. But that's not even you that's doing that. Could it be that it's your fear that makes you disloyal? And so now fear is the puppet master that's making you disloyal because every time you've been loyal to people in your past, they didn't do you right. And so now your fear tells you you can't be loyal to anybody now because they may do you wrong. And really the truth is, is that this thing has been after your entire bloodline, which is why all of them have talent, but none of them have fruit. I'm going to go up right through here. Some of you come from families that are so talented and so gifted and have so many skills. Watch me. And they're anointed and they know the Lord, but ain't none of them doing nothing. Why? Because their puppet master has been running them. But I need to make sure I'm in the building and don't line with some people that say, I'm about to cut the cord. Would you open up your mouth and release a shout right there? Go. Got to cut the cord. Gotta cut the cord. Gotta cut the cord. We're about to cut the cord to the last three to four generations of generational curses that have been in activation and been in motion in your bloodline, in your family, in your city, in your community. Open up your mouth. Say, let's cut the cord. What is your puppet master? What's been your puppet master? I'm going to give you an example. Say, give me an example, Bishop. Now, now here's the thing about cutting these cords. It is that... Because you're so used to them, it actually is easier to be controlled by them than to be free from them. Because I'll have to start being responsible for my own steps. I'll have to be responsible for what I say out of my own mouth. I'll have to be responsible for what I do with my own hands. Let me show you an example. In 1 Kings chapter 11, let's go. We see a man named Solomon. Say Solomon. Solomon, talk to me like an army. Say Solomon. Solomon. Uh-uh. <laughs> like an army. Y'all said it like some recruits. Say it like you've been through training. Say Solomon. Solomon. That's what I'm talking about. All right. Um, Solomon is now king. Pay attention. He is the son of David, who is the son of Jesse, who in their bloodline is a woman named Rahab. Pay attention. This thing is not limited to sex, which means you don't just as a man need to look at what got their father or his father. You need to look at the entirety of the bloodline. 
If you're a woman, you don't just look at what happened to the women because spirits aren't limited to sex, which means they're not male or female. They're just looking for somebody to be a puppet master to. So the Bible says that Solomon loved, watch me, many foreign women. Stop. David was a man that dealt with rejection and abandonment. In 1 Samuel, we see that David is selected to be king from amongst his brothers. He has seven older brothers, and he's the eighth seed. Eight is the number of a new beginning. Elbow somebody say, you are the eighth seed. Come on, type that in the comments. That means you're the new beginning, which means whatever was not accomplished with the previous, it will be accomplished with me because I'm the new beginning. What is it about you that God says, I'm going to skip everybody else and I'm going to start over with you? Okay, so watch me. So David, <clears throat> David is in this house, but he, it's a blended family. We know this because David says he was born in sin, shaped in iniquity, and Jesse, his father, treats him differently than he treats his brothers. Blended families always are breeding grounds, watch me, for puppet mastery. Why? Because there's all these feelings of rejection, all these feelings of abandonment. Why don't I have this? Why my mama ain't here? Why my dad ain't here? Why so-and-so ain't here? Why you, why you treat me different? Why they get two scoops of ice cream and I only get one? You ready? There's all of these issues. And so uh, David is not even invited into the house when Samuel, the man of God, shows up to anoint a brand new king. He's not even invited in because Jesse, we can use deductive logic to ascertain the fact that Jesse doesn't really like David, but not because of David. It's because of whatever happened with David's mama. There are certain, listen to me, there are certain individuals listening to me right now where you've been trying to figure out your whole life, why don't they like me? Why do they treat me different? And I need to answer this question for you once and for your all. It's not because of you. It's because of the God that's on you and in you. I, sometimes they got an issue with somebody else that has nothing to do with you. But every time they see you, they're reminded of it. So whenever mother or father forsake you, what does the Lord do? The Lord says, I'll step in and I'll be right there for you. David is not even invited into the home, so he's got this feeling of rejection. David's mother is not around. Pay attention because I'm about to make this thing plain. His mother is not around. We don't see her anywhere in the scripture. We don't ever see where she comforts David. We don't ever see. Where she says, son, I'm proud of you. We don't ever see where she's there to nurture him. So consequently, David deals with rejection from his father and abandonment from his mother. Pay attention. But he's still successful. It is possible to have stuff and still struggle with curses. It is possible to be successful according to other people and still have internal struggles that don't nobody know nothing about. But what if I told you, God says, I don't just want you to have success. I want you to also be made whole, which means there are certain things in your life I'm trying to get right before I put you on. Because when I put you on, I don't need you to fall down from that place. Say, I am a curse breaker. So David is anointed to be king right in the midst of his brothers. His brothers don't like him. They always talk about him. They say, you always doing so much. You always want too much, which was an indication of how David was going to be anointed because you're always afflicted how you're gifted. You're always antagonized, predicated upon how you're anointed. So whenever I find out what people are messing with, that's where my strength is. You know where they always talk about how you look? Because that's where your strength is. You know where they talk about how you talk? Because your words are where your strength is. You know where they talk about, you are always doing this, always doing that. That's where your strength is. Your work ethic is your strength. So watch me. So David becomes king. And he becomes king. And David has multiple wives. Um, this was a common practice of men with power and authority in that day, in that time. David was even married to a woman named Abigail. Say Abigail. 
Abigail is regarded um, in the Hebrew Midrash. That's when the rabbis set up and talk about the Bible as one of the most beautiful Hebrew women to ever walk the planet. I'm laying this thing out for you. So David has the best, but he still wants more. Because David, even though he's sitting on the throne, there's something in his bloodline. There's something that came before him that's got him acting a way he shouldn't act. The Bible says in the spring of that year, when all the kings were supposed to be out going to battle, David didn't go to battle. Why? Because he became successful, so his success made him stagnant. And sometimes, watch me, right after a great victory, you have to be careful because that's when the enemy says you're most vulnerable because you're not expecting me to come get you now. And so David was supposed to be out fighting the battle, fighting to, for his nation, fighting to advance his kingdom. And what ends up happening? He walks out on the roof. He looks at the kingdom that he is now uh, over. He looks at his success. And I bet you he's thinking to himself, well, my daddy didn't want me, but look at what I got now. You have to be careful that you don't make moves to prove something to people who aren't watching. I'm going to talk over here because y'all didn't say, be careful you're not doing things to prove people who aren't paying attention in the first place. Stop trying to do stuff to say, back then you didn't want me, now I'm hot you all up. No, I did this for myself. I won for myself. I won because I wanted to see me win. I'm not in competition with anybody else except yesterday's version of myself. Touch your neighbor and say, do it for you and God, not them. Not them, not them, because it'll have you doing crazy stuff, doing it to prove something to them. It'll have you doing wild and crazy stuff, trying to prove something to them. Y'all still with me? Y'all still with me? So, so David, his strings start pulling. He walks out. He looks on his balcony. He says, look at all of what I've done. Look at what I've accomplished. I started from the bottom. Now I'm here. He looks over at the roof of another man's house because all of his mighty men lived in close proximity to him. He looks at the roof, meaning he knows exactly who he's looking at because he knows that predicated upon where she's at, who she belongs to. And she knows that that's not his. He knows that that's not his. He knows he's already got the best. And here's what a curse will do. A curse will make you chase what you have. So you like a dog running, chasing you behind. And this is why some of you feel like you've been going in circles because a curse has got you running after what you already have. I wish you'd elbow somebody and say, don't chase what you got. Don't chase. You already got strength. Why are you chasing it? You already have victory. Why are you? Come on, let's go. So David looks out. He sees this woman on top of her roof bathing. And that's what you did in those days. It was a, it was a simple thing of, of, of gravity, right? Is that the water needed to go down. So you put the, bed, the bath on top of the house because you needed the water to flow down, all right? She wasn't doing nothing extra. See, a curse will take advantage of a regular situation. All you were doing was at the grocery store, but your curse made you... All of a sudden, now you're having a conversation with somebody at the self-checkout that was supposed to be, you stay over there with yourself, I'm going to stay over here with myself. So she's on the roof taking a bath. David is like, who is this? David's like, hey, girl. I don't have enough voice. I have to do it at 1115. You ready? Oh, but no, I can do Ronald Isley. I have a Ronald Isley anointing. <laughs> okay, everybody look at me, everybody look at me, everybody look at me. So he's looking at her. He's like, who is that? He's like, that's Uriah's wife, sir. Oh, my Uriah? Yes, sir. You know that because of where 
she's positioned. Bring up here. She comes upstairs. All of a sudden, David starts acting in a way. Abigail in the next room. But David's like, like these candles. How you doing? Do you know who I am? I'm King David. I run this. Where are you from? Jerusalem? Where you go to school? Jerusalem High? Me too! We have so much in common. Because some of y'all be falling for the lamest lines ever. Come on, have a seat. Oh, it's all right. She's like, I got a man. What your man got to do with me? I'm not trying to hear that seat. What your man got to do with me? You ready? He's like, I got something for you. Go on in there. You think it'll fit? Go and put that on for me, baby girl. Oh, you don't like the black one? Oh, that's okay. Because I got the red one. Matter of fact, I like you in the red better because you're a red bone. So put this red on and then let's get it on. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. David conceives with her. He had the best next door. What in David woke up this feeling that he needed a woman to validate him? You're the king, sir. Why do you need a woman that belongs to Mr. Big? You're messing with Mr. Big's girl. Because David never, ever dealt with his abandonment from his mother. So every woman he sleeps with, he feels accepted. Every woman he lays with, he's like, somebody want me. My mama didn't. He's treating his friend, his loyal friend, his loyal warrior, Uriah, like dirt because you're sleeping with his wife. And then he sets this man up to be murdered because even though he has position, there's a puppet master. I want to ask you a question, 915. We're almost done. Even though you've accomplished a lot, what drives it? What's got you acting like a fool? The first child dies. The, the prophet comes to David and says, David, you have done evil in the sight of the Lord. David begs and pleads. He says, please, please, please. The prophet says, no. He has a second son with Bathsheba. His name is Solomon. But what did David never do? Cut the cords. So now we see Solomon introduced in 1 Kings. Y'all with me? I told you I was going to lay this thing out. 1 Kings chapter 11. David loved a few women. Watch what happens in the next generation. Solomon loved many. And not just, not just regulars. He loved foreign women. 
Why is that important? Besides Pharaoh's daughter, he married women from Moab. Now pay attention. Say, this matters where they're from. Because Moab means from the fathers. Which means the women that you were drawn to were carrying the curse from your... Then it says, watch me, women of Ammonites. This means teacher. Which means you think you're about to teach these women. These women are about to teach... Watch this, y'all. I couldn't preach this thing any, any, and make it any more simple as, as, as I possibly can, as I am right here. Then he married women from Edom. What does that mean? In the blood. Then he married women from Sidon. What does that mean? Hunting you down. Okay, let me see. So he was drawn to women from the fathers that came to teach him because it's in the blood and it's hunting him down. I'm going to reverse it and say it again so you understand the significance of it. He got with women that were from the Father, say generational curse, that were there to teach him because this thing was in his blood and they were hunting him down. And the last group, the Hittites. Hittites means to break you and make you fear. Y'all not going to say nothing to me. Which means the, the puppet master set Solomon up so that he would be drawn to the things from his fathers that were in his blood that were hunting him down to try to break him and make him fear. But I'm so glad your neighbor's about to cut some cords. I'm so glad everybody on YouTube, everybody on Facebook, everybody on the app say, I'm about to cut the cord. Say it again. I'm about to cut the cord. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Now this was marital relationships for him. This was dating relationships for him, for you. What is it for you? What is it for you? What is it that's been from your fathers that's trying to teach you, that's in your blood, that's hunting you down to break you and make you fear? Verse 2, the Lord clearly instructed, you must not marry them. They will turn your hearts to their gods. Yet Solomon insisted. I don't like your silence, 915. Yet Solomon insisted on loving them. Pay attention. It never says that they loved him. It says that he insisted on loving them. Watch me. Anyway, he said, God, I know what you said, but Lord, I'm dealing with something my daddy didn't kill. I'm dealing with something that rejection is. What's been after you? What's been creeping on the sidelines looking after you? What, what, what's been... What's been looking, what's been coming after you? He says, they will turn your hearts to their gods, yet Solomon insisted on loving them anyway. In other words, God says, if you bring these people around you, they're going to turn you from me, Solomon. I'm telling you this up front. Yet Solomon says, I got this, though. I'm Solomon. I'm a wise king. I'm strong. I got this. And here's the danger is that Solomon didn't recognize. He didn't know he had position. He was nothing more than a puppet. You got the job, but are you a puppet? You got the house, but are you a puppet? You're excited about the relationship, but are you a puppet? Are you being played and don't even know it? Come on, elbow the person next to you. Say, we're about to cut the cords. We're about to cut the cords. Come on, y'all, we got to go. Verse 3, he had 700 wives of royal birth, 300 concubines. Those are girlfriends on payroll. And in fact, they did turn his heart from the Lord. Verse 5, listen to me, Linda, like you ain't never listened to me before. Each one of these names means something. So when the scripture says that, watch me, that Solomon loved these women, we figured out where they're from. But now let's figure out what they turn him to. They turn him from God to worship Ashtoreth. What is that? Love and fertility. 
You're missing the principle. Solomon says, I'm in love with love. I'm going to talk to the cameras because y'all ain't listening. There are some people, watch me, they don't love you. They love the idea of love. Solomon is in love with love and fertility, which means everything for Solomon is, let's go to bed. Everything for Solomon is, come on here. Everything for, Lord, help me get up. Watch me. Solomon, you're not paying attention to your kingdom because you're always in the bed. And for some of you, you're not even recognizing what the enemy's trying to rob from you because your solution to everything is less sex. Y'all not going to say nothing to me. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. I want to preach on it. It's 915. Then he worships Molech. Molech means demanding sacrifice. More specifically, this false god Molech was a god of child sacrifice, which means Solomon. No wonder you didn't want your sons to take over because you sacrificed them to Molech. You never raised them. You never trained them. You never gave them structure. You never gave them order. And anybody that brought it, you tried to shut them down. But that's why your kingdom ended with you because you sacrificed your children to Molech. And I came to tell some of you parents, you got to take your control of your house. You got to take control of your family again. You got to set some order. You got to set some rules. You got to set some regulations. God set you there to train them up in the way that they should go. So when they grow old, they will not depart from it. Can I go to the next one? Verse 7. He even built a pagan shrine for Camos. Look at this. It means the destroyer. The subduer. So Solomon, you're supposed to rule reign, but you're worshiping what's subduing you. This you've seen this one. I was gonna give them a picture of it, but it was too much. You've seen this one, Kimos. It's 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 a merman. I could go, but I won't. It's a merman. It's a fish god. He's half fish, half man. And he's watch me. And Solomon. You've watched God make you the richest man on the planet. You have watched God answer your prayers and give you exactly what you asked for. But because you brought these people around you, they've turned your heart from God. And now you worship in a catfish sandwich. Ain't even got no hot sauce. Y'all ain't gonna say. You're worshiping a merman. Oh my God. You are worshiping a fish god. Verse 8, he built shrines for all his foreign wives to use for burning incense and sacrifice. So what did he do? He set the kingdom on fire to keep his relationships and their false gods warm. Let me back that thing up because I know it's a lot right through here. But I only got two messages left in this series and I need to make sure you cut the cords. He set the kingdom on fire that he was given to keep his relationships and their false gods warm. What have you set on fire to keep somebody else warm? Verse 9. So the Lord was very angry with Solomon. Why? Because his heart turned away from the Lord. The God of Israel who had appeared to him twice. God says, I broke protocol two times. What do you mean, Bishop? Because the, the king was never visited by God directly. He sent the prophet or the man of God to go tell the king. God says, I broke my own protocol twice to come talk to you directly. And this is how you repay me? You going to worship a merman? You worshiping Ariel's little husband? Just go with it. 
Okay. You finna worship the job I gave you? Y'all don't want to say nothing. You want, I gave you the little relationship and now you can't come to church? Now you can't serve because I gave you because a little, a little funky relationship? I gave that car to you and now you're too busy to get. I wish there were some people in this building that say, I won't let anything that God gave me come in between me and my God. All that I have is because of the doing of the Lord and I will bless the Lord when at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Every worshiper, lift your hands, open up your mouth and say, God, I love you. Tell him, say, God, I worship you. Say, God, I praise you. Say, you are my king. Say, you are my king. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. The Lord was angry with Solomon. The only one that could get him out of it said, I ain't fooling with you right now. Why? Solomon, you are wise. You are rich. You are wealthy. But right now, you are a puppet. And while you think you're teaching these women, these women are teaching you. While you think you got control, they got control of you. Y'all with me? Say, but we're cutting the cord today. Watch verse 11. If you don't cut the cord, here's verse 11. No games to be played, no punches to be pulled. So now the Lord said to him, since you didn't keep my covenant, you disobeyed my decrees, I'm going to tear the kingdom from you. And I'm going to give it to your servants. What does kingdom mean for you and I? Heaven's attributes on earth. What does it mean for you and I? Who God said we would be, what God said we could have. God says, Solomon, you're not going to die. You're just going to live as a puppet. So even in his old age, he was nothing more than a puppet. His sons, he sacrificed them. So they weren't ready to take over. So when one of his sons takes over, he loses the kingdom. The kingdom splits. Because one of his sons takes over and God says, I, I'm not even going to help you. Don't think that because you're still breathing that that means you don't have some strings you need to cut. Wave at me if you know, just listening to this last 30 minutes, that there's some strings that need to be cut. All right, look at this, look at this. Solomon was rich. Solomon was wise. Solomon was excellent. Solomon was beloved. Solomon was a puppet. It is possible to be all those first four things and I realize that there's a fifth thing. If it could happen to him, who do you think you and I are where there's not some things we need to cut? Solomon never prayed, listen, to please God. Never prayed that prayer. When the Lord confronted him about it, he never repented. He never was like, you know what, God? I need to really pay attention to that. Solomon was like, I need to go to wife number two. Lord, I'll deal with this tomorrow. Wrote wonderful, wonderful. The original erotica is in the Bible. Because if you read Song of Solomon, he's talking about pomegranates. And he's talking about berries and juice. He ain't talking about grape juice. It was a few for his father. 
It was a thousand and one for him. You don't even really know his son's name because God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. David, Solomon. By the third generation, we don't even know who they are. We don't even know who the fourth generation is. But watch the Bible. Generations later, God said, I'm going to put somebody in the bloodline. I'm going to step in the bloodline myself. And Jesus is called the son of David. Which means God says, since you wouldn't break it, I'm going to break it. And I need everybody in the building and online, lift your hands. Say, God, I'm the one. Say, every cord that needs to be cut from previous generations. Every cord that needs to be cut that was passed down and around that doesn't belong to me. I release that this day. Show me so I can cut it. Make it clear to me this week so I can cut it. I release it now in Jesus' name. Can I just get you to prophesy with your hands like you're cutting some cords? You're cutting depression. You're cutting bad relationship decisions. You're cutting poverty. You're cutting lack. You're cutting negativity. Open up your mouth. Say, and I cut the cord in Jesus' name. I cut the cord in Jesus' name. Look at somebody say, let's cut the cord in Jesus' name. I won't be a puppet anymore. I won't be a puppet any longer. I reverse that thing. If this word bears witness with you, release a praise right there. Come on, YouTube. Come on, Facebook. Everybody, everywhere. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Heads bowed, eyes closed. I'm not out of message, but I'm out of word, or out of time, excuse me. Can you just lift your right hand? That's your hand of strength. I need you to let a message like this sit on you. What does that mean, Bishop? Don't just quickly move on from this one. We saw what it was from David to Solomon, and we saw that it was introduced through Rahab. What is it with you? Maybe it's not relationships. Maybe it's your money management. I just heard the Lord say to say something wild. I've never heard this. You will not live like the generations before you who don't have retirement. I've never heard the Lord say that before. You will not have to work your entire life just to get a check. Everybody say, my ladder will be greater. Father, make it clear and let us cut that cord. Give us the strength to do it. Say, Lord, empower me to cut the cords to what's been puppeteering me. That's not like you. That was sent to steal, kill, and destroy. In Jesus' name. Here's about eyes closed. If you're in this building online, you need to become a Christian for the first time. Today's your day. Secondly, if you're giving your life to the Lord, today's your day to recommit yourself to him if you've been far from him and thirdly like bishop i don't know where things stand with god but i want to be sure that today before i log off or before i exit this building that things are right with me and god no guilt no condemnation no shame please don't hear a message like this is judgment don't hear a message like this is condemnation this is just to show you the cords you need to cut this is to show you why who you said this is just who i am no it's not 
Sometimes there's strings that are running you. There's unseen hands that are running you. And I pray in this second half of 2023 that you would be exactly who God created you to be. You would not be a puppeteer. You or be puppeteered rather, but you would cut the cord. Somebody say, I'll be exactly who God wants me to be in this second half. If you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord or be sure. On three, throw that hand up in the building online through the hand with emoji. Say it to me. One, two, three. Respond right where you're at. No guilt. Hands up in this building and put it up high. You're not ashamed. This isn't a negative moment. This is a moment of celebration. Online, you do that hand with emoji. Say it to me, whatever platform you're on. Everybody pray this to me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. Give me the grace to be a faithful Christian from this day forward. Say aloud, y'all. Say, if I fail or if I fall, give me the grace to get right back up again. In Jesus' name, amen. You just pray that prayer for the first time. Take your phone out, scan the QR code, or text Harvest to 55498. Enter the option for salvation. Some of you say, but you need a shepherd. You can live in Denver, Atlanta, anywhere, across America, around the world. We're a hybrid church, so you know, most harvesters have never been in a building, and that's okay. Uh, thank God for that. You can be a part of the family. Text Harvest to 55498. And don't just join the family. Start building the family, which means you can use your life to serve. And you don't have to be in the building. You can serve online. You can serve in Atlanta. And you can serve here in Denver. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus, that I'm the conqueror. Listen, we got to go. If you came in late, you weren't able to give, get that ready. If you're going to sow the seal, get that ready. Bishop Foreman, what does that mean? It means that every time a word speaks to you, you seal that word with the seed. Since May of 2022, the Lord told me to do this, and I've been doing it since then. And God says, I'm going to release wealth into the hands of the people of Harvest. And every week you see these testimony. Here's our seed today. It's 37 for Romans 8:37. Now, you want to do more than that? Do more than that. You want to do 73, 370, whatever. Just make sure a three and a seven are in what you sow today. And here's what we're going to call that seed. Uh, let's, let's, let's make it an acronym. It's your in-lap seed. No longer a puppet. In-lap. N-L-A-P. <laughs> no longer a puppet. Th this thing was good to me. To 11.15, I'll have a little bit more time. We'll see where we take it. You're not a puppet. I don't know why I get angry like I do. Cut the strings. Cut the strings. These aren't collectibles, are they? Where's my props person? These aren't these aren't collectibles, are they? 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 So I can cut it. Okay, good. I just want to make sure. Because I didn't know if they were like, you know, $4,000 pup, you know. I find out what I'm going to have when I get up here. Before we get ready to go, I want this to be a prophetic gesture for you. I pray that what I'm holding in my hand represent the you that walked in here and the you that's online. And I pray that as I cut these cords, that this prophesies to you. You're going to cut what came from the previous generation. Notice there's four strings, three to four generations. We cut the first generation. We cut now the second generation. In the name of Jesus, say, and the cords are being cut. Say, and the cords are being cut. And we cut now the next generation. There's only one left. Somebody say, there's only one left. Come help me out. Say, there's, somebody say, there's one left. Lift your hands. Say, there's one left. 
Say it again. Say there's one left. Whatever's been holding on. Whatever's had you feel like you've been holding on by one string. Whatever's the thing. What's that attached to? Your mind. Come here, camera four. What's that attached to? That's been attached to your mind. Say the one that's been attached to my mind. Say in the name of Jesus. I pray that today that card be cut. I am free in Jesus' name. Release a praise right there. I said release a praise right there. Come on, YouTube. Come on, Facebook. Come on, Twitch. Come on, Twitter. Come on in the app and the website. That prophesies you. That prophesies you. Say, and the cord is cut. Say, and the cord is cut. Say, and the cord is cut. In Jesus' name. Release a praise right there. Go. Glory. Glory. And I won't be a puppet anymore. And I won't be a puppet anymore. And you won't be controlled anymore. And you won't be triggered anymore. And you won't be triggered anymore. Elbow somebody say, you won't be a puppet anymore. Elbow somebody else say, and the cord is cut. I don't like the way they say it until you say, and the cord is cut. Say it again, say, and the cord is cut. Go find you a third person in the building. Online, type it in the comments or tag, tap, tap somebody with you. Say, and the cord is cut. If the cord is cut, what's that mean? I'm free. What's that mean? I can run like I couldn't run before. I can jump like I couldn't jump before. I can live like I never lived before. And the cord is cut. 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 Say it. Say it. Say it. Say it. Say it. Yeah, yeah. Come on, get your offering. And the cord is cut. Pick him up. Give me the man. If the cord's cut, that means you're free like you ain't never been before. That means the next steps you take, you're going to take. That means this next move you make, you're going to make. That means what's ahead of you is going to be better than what's behind you. That means what's ahead of you is going to be better than what's behind you. I'm going to give y'all 30 seconds to give God a crazy praise right here. Like you're free. One, two, one, two, three, go. Come on, YouTube. Get up out your seat. Come on, Facebook. Get up out from your kitchen table. And the cord is cut. 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 I got Jubilee. I'm living in my Jubilee. I'm living in my Jubilee. You say. You say. 
I'm living in my jubilee. You say it now. I'm living. I'm living. Come on. Get your giving in the building and no line. God, give me what I need. Get your building, get your giving in the building and no line. 37 or as close as you can to it, you can give more than that. Somebody needs to give 370. Two of you need to give 3,700. One of you needs to give 730. Say, but I'm conquering every curse. Say, I'm blessed to be a blessing. I'm a faithful giver, so I flourish in Jesus' name. Amen. Bastards are passing at Grape Street online. Scan the QR code. Use Cash App, Dollar Sign, Bishop Foreman with the number two at the end. PayPal, Venmo, Zelle, Givelify. All of that's available. Hello at Harvest Church, that church. Let's do it together, everybody. Love God, love people, and love life. Once you're When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app? Over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.